0: Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. A lot of stuff going on, and I feel like we haven't really talked that much college football in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, two weeks ago, we had the uh, Chasing the Natty guys on, and it was great talking some CFF with them. Then last week, we kind of did that that deep, Debbie look at the 2022 draft. But we, the two of us haven't just sat down and talked college football for a while. So I'm very excited for tonight. I've got, I've got like all this built up energy. I'm very, very excited. I don't even know if you're going to be able to keep up with me, to be completely honest.
1: I mean, half the time, I can't even keep up with you anyway. You know, like we heard last episode of, of uh, Campus Life. I only listened to you about half the time anyway. So Yeah, that, that episode was an embarrassment if you're a Colin fan. I'm sorry. I'm going to bring people over to my side here sooner, sooner rather than later. Just, um, we'll we'll see i think everybody has everybody has their favorite we're like uh team edward team jacob <laughs> don't, say don't say that okay have a good night everybody we'll talk <laughs> i'm interested to see if you cut that
0: <laughs> no i won't cut that just for you uh, people are starting to think you don't have a sense of humor because i cut all your
1: jokes out in post so that's we'll, a good uh, point We'll leave this one in whatever whatever makes you happy. That's a good point. You do really take pride in being the funny one, the the one with the the quip. The sometimes witty I even quip.
0: cut. Sometimes I cut your jokes out and I retell them myself
1: and like insert it in, and no one's none the wiser. No, nobody else knows. I mean, I know. I'm I have a tally. I have a running tally here. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, let's let's um, get it. We have a lot of news. Honestly, um, the first one here not so much a news piece, but I thought it was just a really fun kind of college football discussion to have here to kick off the night. Um, uh, according to the athletic, uh, there's an article on there that BetMGM released their preseason odds to win the national championship this year. And I, they, I mean, they didn't list every single team that's on there, but they listed the top 20 or so. So I'm just going to read those off here. Um, so everybody has a frame of reference and then call and We can kind of discuss if any of those stand out on either side of the spectrum as, as good or bad bets. Um, so their favorite is Alabama. Who's listed at five to two? Then Clemson at seven to two, Ohio State five to one, Oklahoma seven to one, Georgia nine to one, A and M twenty-five to one, Wisconsin thirty-five to one, LSU thirty-five to one, Florida, Notre Dame, Miami, Penn State, and Iowa State are all forty to one. Oregon, North Carolina, USC, Texas, Michigan, Tennessee, all fifty to one. That's just flushing <laughs> my mind out of toilet at Tennessee, and then Arizona State is sixty-six to one, and Cincinnati, I believe, is the top mid-major coming in at one-fifty to one. So, Colin, I know we just joked about Tennessee there, but any other of uh, these odds kind of jump right out to you as as good or bad?
1: Um, yeah. Well, the first one I'll say that I think is bad is Wisconsin. I. I think Wisconsin is Wisconsin's always like in contention to win the Big Ten West. I mean, they're that that's a fairly weak uh, division overall, so it wouldn't surprise me if they win that. But I think this is going to be a relatively down year for Wisconsin. I don't think they're as strong on the running game as they typically are. They don't really have that standout off. I mean, their offensive line is going to be fine. They don't really have that standout offensive line that they usually have. They lost some pieces on defense. They don't really have any wide receivers either. So I think it's just going to be kind of an odd year for them. Um, You know, obviously I don't, I wouldn't surprise me at all if they, you know, are a two loss team, but I also would also not be surprised if they're a four loss team. So I think Wisconsin's at 35 to one being ahead of Florida, being ahead of Notre Dame, Miami, Iowa State, Oregon, ahead of all of those guys, I think is surprising. And yes, I left off Penn State because I don't think Penn State is going to win the national title this year either. I think 40 to one is probably flushing money down the toilet too, which is music to your ears. I know. I can't believe Pitt's not on here. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, I
0: I think that's a really good one. Um, If you go and look at Wisconsin's depth chart, especially at the skill positions, you, you have Ferguson and you have. Burger, who is really unproven. I mean, we think the yeah. burger is going to be good, but we don't really know that. Mm-hmm. And then it's their wide receivers are bad. Yeah, their wide receivers are really, <laughs> really bad. Um, it's crazy. I mean, I, they better be running the ball like fifty times a game this year. They're going to be in some trouble. Um, a couple of the studs, I think Iowa State's a little low. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're they don't lose that much from the team this year that pushed Oklahoma for the, uh, the Big Twelve title. I think they'll be in contention there. Again, experienced quarterback play with Brock Purdy, which is always helpful in college football. It's pretty rare to see an inexperienced guy in there really pushing for a ship. They have a pretty solid defense. They have some nice pieces there at all three levels uh, of the group. Brees Hall, obviously, you know, is going to be probably a Heisman contender this year. The wide receivers are fine. Charlie Cooler, experience. You know, it's an old team in a good way uh, for college football. So I think they're probably – cheaper than they should be. Um, I think Bama's too high. Mm -hmm. And I get why, because if you put them too low as a gambling house, you are risking losing a shit ton of money if (laughs) they do what Bama typically does. But five to two seems really high for a team that lost what, like nine of their offensive starters and a good portion of the defense too. I mean they're they're filling in a lot of gaps. And obviously, you know it's next five star up, but five to two, I, I don't I don't like those odds.
1: No, I don't either. I wouldn't definitely not take that one. Um I think Clemson's a little high as well. Honestly, I think this year is gonna be a year where people are really gonna get upset and, and butthurt about teams missing out because I don't think there's a team that is going to be head and shoulders above everybody. Like last year, you had Bama, uh, you know, head and shoulders above everybody else. You know, Clemson and Notre Dame, they only lost to each other in the regular season. So, you know, they split that. So that was easy to put them in. Ohio State was undefeated too. Easy to put them in. And then the other teams, Texas A&M had an argument. I don't think it was a particularly great one, but they had an argument for sure. But this year, I think that Bama's rebuilding. Clemson's kind of rebuilding as well. Uh, Ohio State, you know they're we don't really know necessarily what's going on at their quarterback, although I think whoever starts there I think is going to win the big 10 for Ohio State. I'd be shocked if they didn't. they'll probably go undefeated. So Ohio State will probably finish the year ranked number one, but I don't know if I feel that great about them overall. Uh, I do like Oklahoma a lot. I think this is going to be a really good year for them. Um, if I had to put money on somebody right now, I think I would put it on Oklahoma. Um, but I think Georgia's a really good team as well. Texas A&M lost a lot. They're probably ranked a little bit too high. But you know you never know what they're going to do. Um, same with Florida, probably too high as well. I think they lost a little bit too much. I uh, but then Notre Dame typically rebuilds well. Miami, if De'Ara King comes back, that's looking like a good team. You already mentioned Iowa State. I think Oregon's going to be really good. Uh, they might be an experienced quarterback away from I think intending. they're one year out
0: I think they're one yeah. year out there's a very young defense too I mean typically yeah. they'll probably lose after this year but uh, the rest of it's pretty young.
1: yeah but but the rest of the guy the teams there that we're talking like there's not a team this year that I'm like yeah that's that's the team to beat maybe I mean, Oklahoma you, can, you you
0: can see there's a big drop off from Georgia there at the, f- mm-hmm. the fifth overall team from nine to one to 25 to one and yeah. I think that's accurate I mean I think those are the five teams Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, that are really going to push for it. Um, I don't, so they they did include Cincinnati down here as the highest, uh, the best odd mid-major squad at 150 to one. I mean, if if they were to go undefeated this year, do you think they could even make the college football playoff? Because this actually does kind of feel like a year where there aren't going to be a bunch of undefeated teams. Maybe somebody does creep in. So you know Oklahoma Iowa State are going to play each other probably. So hey, don't they play in the, in the champ they'll play in the Big 12 championship game. I don't know if they play each other in the regular season or not. Um, but they'll they'll likely play each other at least once. Uh Bama Georgia probably play each other. So I mean you know right off the bat two of those top 5 teams that we like are are going to lose at least one game.
1: Yeah, and uh, honestly like I was saying like I don't see anybody as like a clear-cut team that is head and shoulders above everybody. I think this is going to be a year where you're going to have some people who get pretty upset, and I think Cincinnati is going to cause a lot of issues this year because they bring back pretty much everybody, right? I can't think of anybody that they lose. They lose a couple of their DBs, um, but they also bring
0: back some of them, um, and I uh, they do get a chance for a signature win this year too. They play Notre Dame. Oh, Yeah. That's so, going to be really
1: interesting. When do they play? Yes. That?
0: They, um, I hope it's uh, early, early in the year, October 2nd. It's away at Notre Dame. So, but tougher ask and they play Indiana the week before that too. So I think, you know, that could be a situation where they beat Indiana and they're on a high going into Notre Dame. But I mean, they the schedule is set up for them to do it. If they run the table, it's just a question of, yeah,
1: can they, can they run that table? That's that's really interesting. The fact that they play Notre Dame, if they beat Notre Dame, they have their signature win like you said. I think they could get in. That's so, almost a bet
0: where you place it now and then if they beat I, Notre Dame you cash out.
1: <laughs> I'm about to I'm about to do that. I'm about to go place that <laughs> bet right now. Um yeah, cuz 150 to 1 for a team that's experienced, they're returning a lot of guys from last year. They were a really dangerous team last year that had an argument to be in the uh In in the playoff, I mean, I think they had just as good of an argument as Texas A and M. You know, they end up losing to a very good Georgia team, barely. Uh, Yeah, yeah, barely. Georgia, all they could handle. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think, uh, I I think after this show, I'm going to put a bet down on Cincinnati to to win the national title. Which do I think they actually do it? No, but. I think they're a really good team, and at one fifty to one, you know, you're y- y- there's a lot worse bets you can make.
0: I was gonna say we do those parlays every every week during the regular season. You can't tell me this is any stupider than that. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, we we do touchdown parlays. Like there's four or five of us that all went to school together, um, and we will do. You know, pick like six names, and we, we've had a couple, We your brother got really close one time. Yeah, and he just won a pretty nice chunk of change. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, we've. We flush a couple bucks away the <laughs> weekend, so well, it's yeah. one more bet. Um, so uh, a couple spring games actually have happened since the last time we talked. There's the very kind of end of those. One of them is Oregon, and theirs was an interesting game because I think there were a lot of question marks around what they're going to do on offense next year. Sounds like Anthony Brown probably has the quarterback position locked up at least going into the fall into summer and fall. So he'll probably be the starter day one. Um, The other quarterbacks looked okay. You know, I didn't think anybody looked awful. I've watched I watched an abbreviated version of this game. And, um, but I think the big story from the game was the two. Well, the defense was nuts. I think they had like 12 sacks or something. And Justin Flo looked really good. So two thumbs way up. I'm a big Justin Flo guy. He is so much better than. um, um, Sewell. Yes. He is so much better than Sewell. And everyone was going nuts about Sewell. Is it Noah? Noah Sewell. It is, yeah, okay, yeah. Who is basically built like his brother, or but like 30 pounds lighter, but like he's just a tank out there. Uh, but Justin Flo is like the perfect modern linebacker. I'm very excited for him. I digress. <laughs> Oregon wide receivers had themselves a nice day. The two freshmen, uh, Troy Franklin and Deontay Thornton. Frank, I mean, these guys are names that you probably know if you're listening to the show already. Uh Franklin, wide receiver three in this class, according to the composite. Thornton, wide receiver seven. Uh both pretty big guys. You know, Franklin's six two. He's only 170, so he probably needs to gain a little bit of weight. Uh, but I mean Devonta Smith just went <laughs> 12th overall and he's skinnier than that. So, you know, whatever. Apparently, anything we thought we knew about that is out the window. And Thornton is six five, one eighty-five. So big boys. Um, Franklin had four for ninety-three on the day and had a couple really nice snags. Looked very dynamic. And Thornton had three eighty-nine and one. So, should we be bumping Franklin and Thornton up our rankings based on some of their spring activities here, Colin?
1: Uh, I think tentatively, yeah, hesitantly, I'm moving them up. Um, I'm probably in a little bit more on Franklin than I am Thornton. Uh, I. Don't love like the 6'5, 185. It's just kind of an odd build. Um, plus, I don't think he's quite as good of an athlete as Franklin is. I mean, Franklin's so quick. He is, yeah. He is so quick. I, he's quicker than fast, I think, but I think his long speed's fine too. But yeah, man, he's he is so fast. Like he you could tell you know, in, in watching that spring game. You know, it showed right away as a true, or as a you know, just graduated high school. So I think uh, F- Franklin's a guy that'll i move up a little bit here. Um, Thornton will probably keep where he's at uh, because I'm still. I, I think some of the other guys, you know, looked pretty decent in the spring game as well. Um, Devon Williams, pretty solid. Uh, he's like also a guy that I'm kind of keeping my eye on. So. Yeah, I I like these guys. I'm definitely hesitantly moving them both up, but Franklin is probably pretty comfortably moving up in my rankings here. That's how I feel too.
0: Um, I think Thornton is going to be a uh, wait for 2022 kind of guy. I think Franklin can make an immediate impact this year a little quicker, and I thought he he would. Um, Just the the size, you know, you're 170. You're coming out of high school. You're not used to the physicality of – of college football. It's just a whole different game. He hasn't gained any weight, or at least he did like he doesn't look bigger. So it just seems like he's, you know, maybe he's just one of those guys that's so quick that it doesn't necessarily matter. You know, like we just said with Devonta Smith, you know, that uh, you just get those guys every now and then that their size is not quite uh, as big of an issue as you would think. Um, so I, I am moving Franklin up Thornton. Uh, yes. I'm moving him up a couple spots. But he's still in that that pool of. Um, I think other people are going to take him a little earlier than than I will. In fact, I'm in a startup right now, and he just went in the sixteenth uh, end of the sixteenth round, right before me. And some guys that went around him went around him there: Jalen Hyatt, Caden Prather, the LSU quarterbacks, um, uh, Preston Stone, Phil Jerkovich. Calvin Austin, the third. So that's kind of the tier that it looks like he's probably going in. Does he have more NFL upside than most of those guys? Maybe, but I think he's so unknown in college. I'm a little scared to take him
1: where he's going. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't think he's, I would take him over Prather for sure. Um, uh, high, Prather, I, don't know. I mean, I, I, Prather's fine, but I think Franklin's got a higher ceiling um Jalen Hyatt that's probably about right uh so you know I would probably still rather Franklin you know I think Franklin's still again I think a higher ceiling so I think he'll be on the rise though I don't think you'll see him going that late in you know a month from now or you know come the start of the season I don't think you're going to see him go that late
0: yeah um that's pretty much all I have to say about them. Um, any thoughts on Anthony Brown taking that quarterback job? Quick, before we move on, I know that's been a topic of discussion. And you're a big Ty Thompson guy. Uh,
1: so yeah, I how mean, you feel about that. I mean i I liked Ty Thompson's chances as far as the freshmen go winning a job this year. Um, I liked his chances. I liked McCarthy's chances. I liked Heward's chances, and that was mostly it. it doesn't sound like any of those guys are going to start. But I think also we've been spoiled lately with like some true freshman QBs coming in and, and looking really good right away. Howell, uh, you know, two years ago, um, you know, you had DJU only played in two games last year, but still looked good in that one. Um, you know, you had, so you had some other freshmen come in and, and start right away. And it's just, that's not the norm. So, you know, I still like Ty Thompson a lot, and I would much rather Anthony Brown win that job than Jay Butterfield, just because Jay Butterfield's only been around. You know, he, he'll be a sophomore, uh, whereas Anthony Brown, this is his last year. I mean, he's what a sixth year guy, seventh year, something. He's and been he's around been a,
0: for forever. Yeah. yeah, he's
1: been around for forever. So, you know, I, it doesn't worry me that he won that job, and I even think it could be temporary because while. I would probably say overall Ty Thompson did look the worst out of those quarterbacks in the spring game. I think that that's, you know, he's just graduated high school. Not even I mean, you know, most high school kids are have not even graduated yet. He just graduated. He's stepping up trying to go up against a very difficult defense like you said before. Uh very fast, very athletic defense. Um I think that defense is going to give a lot of people problems this year and he's, you know, he had to adjust to that speed. I think you could see him come back in the fall here and look like a much different player. And I think you could see him lock up that number two job and then just, you know, throughout the course of practice and, you know, maybe Anthony Brown, you know, I think he's a limited passer. I don't think he's that great. Um, I could see Ty Thompson t- potentially taking that job over in the middle of the year, depending on the way it goes. So, uh, I, Ty Thompson didn't move for me. Um, uh, Well, I moved Caleb Williams up um, after what he did in his spring game. Um, But he's Caleb Williams is still behind Ty Thompson for me, but they're very, very close. Um, But I still like Ty Thompson a lot. So, I like I said, I'm glad it's Anthony Brown. I think Anthony Brown, you know, I don't think he's really going to be C2C relevant this year. I mean, you could probably pick him up for free right now if you really wanted. But... You know, maybe he has a game here or there like early in the season, but overall, I'm not really worried about Anthony Brown.
0: Yeah, I'm not either. Um, Jamison Williams to Alabama, the weirdest transfer I can remember (laughs) in a couple of years here now um, because he apparently had a really bad spring at Ohio State and just there was no room for him. They, I mean, they have their starting three is probably pretty well established at this point with Wilson and Alave on the outside, JSN in the middle. That's going to be a very fun receiver group because they can all kind of play all three wide receiver positions. And I think they're going to move them around a lot, but then it sounds like a and Marvin Harrison, who are both true freshmen were better than him. And I think they still kind of expect something out of Julian Fleming. You know, I'm not on the Julian Fleming uh, hype train. He's way down my rankings. Now um, I will never have him in any single league ever. Just because I value him so much less than some other people do. But I mean, that's six names right there. You know, only so many wide receiver spots to go around. So he goes to another school that's produced four first round wide receivers in the past two years. And John Mechie is going to be in that conversation, whether he deserves to be or not this year. So, I mean, weird, but okay. Um, that was my first thought. But as I have thought more about this, and I mean, this isn't the first time somebody said this, we've, we've talked about it in our Discord and elsewhere. Bama does not have a lot of speed outside at wide receiver. I think that's something that Saban has talked about quite a bit this offseason. You know, even the guys they brought in this year that are really, really good, and Jaquari Brooks and GA Hall, neither of them are exactly burners. And then last year, you or last year's class with Baker, Holden, Ty Jones, Bell none of those guys are burners. You know, Xavier Williams, not really a burner. And then after that, you know, there's really that's about it. Uh, the slot guys are, are speedy and Leary and Earl and and Bolden's quick, but um. So and Jamison Williams is known for being fast. So do you think that he's going to get some solid playing time there this year and do
1: something? Yeah, I mean, I think he, like you said, he brings in elements of the offense that they didn't really have. Um, and, you know, and that's you know, he's if nothing else, he is extremely fast. Uh, you know, twenty four seven friend of the Debbie debate. Alan True comped him to Will Fuller. When he was coming out. uh, And he, you know, he's got that same build, same type of speed. Um, He also holds the state record in the 300 meter hurdles, which was uh, he beat uh, former Ohio State Ezekiel Elliott's record. Um, So, you know, that just goes to show you, like I said, how fast he is. And, you know, he potentially scores anytime he touches the ball. And, like I said, they don't really have that type of field stretcher now they're bringing in christian leary and jojo earl who i think are are more slot guys and they have just as much speed as jameson williams but they're both very different roles you know and then outside of those guys everybody else that they bring in or they already have on the roster is pretty much just a big body guy so i I do think jameson williams uh, this does make sense because i said he brings a, a different element to that offense and i think he could potentially see some time. Pretty early. Um, so I, he's still not really somebody that I'm all that interested in. Um, people are going to take him higher than I'm willing to, but I understand it at least. I mean, they vacated a ton of production there this year. Uh, people
0: really underestimate how much production they're losing this year. Um, we're in the receiving game, because even Najee caught his fair share of passes next year, or last year. Um, I, I could see Williams having one of those years where it's like 35, six-fifty, and five or something, you know, not a super producer for fantasy purposes, but a relevant part of an Alabama offense that people are fighting over for pieces of, you know, we, we want pieces of the Bama offense. Um, I'm not sure what this does to his stock. I haven't bumped him at all in my rankings. Cause I, I just, I, I don't know. But I I mean, I I think this makes him more relevant than he was three weeks ago. So,
1: yeah, definitely agree with that. Definitely more relevant now in Alabama than he was at Ohio State, because like you said, he was just getting you know jumped on the depth chart by everybody. Um, You know, it wouldn't surprise me to hear that uh, Ballard had jumped him on the depth chart next. You know, so he was just kind of falling out of the out of the graces there of everybody. So, yeah, you know, good reset for him lands in. A great team still going to get a shot at a national title. So, I mean, you know, hope for the best for the kid, but like I said, I am still probably not going to end up with him anywhere. So two
0: final pieces of news here tonight, and neither of them are necessarily discussion worthy. I mean, we'll probably spend a minute or two on them, but that's about it. Uh, Thomas Fedone's knee injury at Nebraska there. He was the number two tight end in this year's class, but I think uh, a lot of people viewed him as the number one, you know, I'm not a big burning school, burning school guy, um Fidone was expected to go in there and contribute early the coaches really liked him he was playing well in the spring now this knee injury they're saying is going to keep him out of most of the season whatever that means um so i'm just i'm writing him off for this whole year i mean anything that that happens this year is just a bonus um does that i mean
1: does, does that hurt him at all in your eyes um i'll be honest i didn't really expect him to do much year one just because tight ends i mean we've, we've seen how difficult it is to transition from college to the pros at tight end i would imagine it's just as difficult to transition from high school to college at tight end so i wasn't really expecting a ton out of him this year so i think that it doesn't really knock him in my rankings much um you know i, I still think he's he's a good athlete uh you know he's a basically he he was basically playing wide receiver um from the tight end role you know they they would play him in the slot um you know he's very comfortable catching the ball looks good with his hands you know so I, he he has all of the things that I'm looking for in a tight end so i think this actually probably helps him because i think other people are going to either knock him down their rankings or come you know, May of 2022, when you know C two C startup season happens again, everybody's going to forget about him. So that's probably where I'm likely to to snag him and, and pounce at that point in time, because I do still like him. Um, definitely, he was my tight end one as well. Not really a big burning stool fan either. So yeah, I, I think that um, you know it's, it definitely sucks for him. You know, as as a as a kid trying to learn learn the offense there. And and make the jump into the college D one level, but um, I think overall this could be good for us fantasy players. Um, like I said, it sucks for him though for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean none of the other guys that are there that are that are going to play this year is very exciting. Now Austin Allen and Travis Vokalek, I believe is how you say his last name. They're both older guys, you know, junior or older. Um, I really, really like the other kid they brought in this year and James Carney, but I'm not sure another, you know, put one true freshman tight end pushing for playing time. There was enough. <laughs> I'm not sure if they could get two of them, but I, I think Carney is is a really good, really underrated player as well. I wish he'd gone somewhere else uh, where maybe he could get some time because obviously going to be competing with Fedoni's entire time there if they both stay the entire time. The other guy here that's um, making a little bit of news that's that's a noteworthy name is Jordan Johnson. Uh, the high four-star guy, wide receiver in last year's class, who was leaving Notre Dame. He never really kicked on there. Um, And now that the news is broke, it seems to be a lot of rumors that he wasn't really picking up the offense. He didn't really try to pick up the offense. He was going to class. He He skipped some spring practices and really didn't have a reason for doing so. So it sounds like he just really didn't care about putting in the work. Uh, to be a wide receiver in a major Division one program, maybe this is a kick in the butt for him. Um, I, I I was not a big Jordan Johnson fan last year. I mean, I didn't I didn't think he was a bum, but um, I didn't love him either. Do we? Uh, I mean, do you think this is going to be a kick in the butt that he needs to kind of get himself back on track, or are
1: you hoping that it is? I mean, we can definitely hope that it is because I mean, he has he has all the talent in the world. You know, he was a, a number six overall wide receiver last year. In that class, um, you know, he was the number thirty-seven player nationally. So, you know, high four-star guy. So clearly talented. 24-7 comps him to comp some just Keenan Allen. So, you know, high ceiling there from what they're seeing. Um, I think he's a good athlete too overall. Um, not the best straight-line guy, but that's fine. Um, you know, and, and like I said, yeah, you know, we can hope this is a kick in the butt, but I think that. It's probably more of a warning sign for the what's to come in the future i mean I, I know notre dame at least academically is very different than any of these other top schools um you know their their academic standards are, are are pretty high you know you got michigan's up there too you know you have some other schools but you know this is in alabama this is in florida Damn. Yeah, <laughs> Colin going in hard. Um, Kissing off fan bases, Colin. Jeez, I, I learned from the best. Uh, um, but I, so I understand it maybe from a little bit of a class perspective. But if you're skipping spring practices at Notre Dame, what's going to stop him from doing that wherever else he goes? And I know that there were a lot of other schools that were interested in him when he was coming out. Uh, yeah, I think he had like 26 offers from from all the all the big schools: uh, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, LSU, Ohio State, Oregon, Penn State. Um, you know, all of those teams were interested in him. I don't know how many of them are going to be interested now after hearing this, because you know they're going to do their due diligence around campus. You know, so I don't know where he's necessarily going to end up. Um, but like I said, if he's if he's doing this in the skip and spring practices and stuff like that, I don't. I imagine he's going to kind of do that wherever he goes. So this is kind of a, a red flag for me.
0: Yeah. If he gets a solid landing spot, sell, sell, sell. Yeah. Cause I have a feeling this is going to be a guy that we are looking back on these classes, like five years from now, we're like whatever happened to Jordan Johnson and you just, his name's so common. You'll never even be able to figure out what happened. You'll <laughs> <to him. laughs> be, be like just, who he's, he's gone into, you know, the depths of the internet we're never finding him again. Um, all right, so we have uh, a fun segment here tonight, Colin, uh, where we're going to play a little bit of uh, some. One of us is going to be a firefighter here, I think, on each of these guys. And what we're going to do? Really, yeah, you I this really like this.
1: I did. Yeah, I really so, like this.
0: So we're talking about about some guys tonight that there's been a lot of hype building for uh, for one reason or another uh, this off season. and one of we're basically going to discuss if we should be putting out those flames or if we should let, let them go. Them um uh, we picked four names out here well i picked four names out here um, but um at, and they're, they're all high profile so and varying classes varying positions the first one and i feel like i do have to lead off with this one is malik willis who is all of a sudden getting first round hype when he's done nothing to really show that um, so you guys already know what I'm doing with this one. Um, <laughs> six, he's six one two fifteen. had the really big gear last year where he passed for about 2,200 yards um, and then the 20 touchdowns and it ran for over 1,000 more and about another 20 scores. Um, so a really well-rounded season overall. He's popping up in the first round of these mocks. I don't understand. Colin, are we putting this fire out? Are we letting it burn?
1: um you know it's it's time to put out the flames here um you know see what i did there liberty uh, flames oh uh, yeah. good one thank you thank you no it's um yeah no i this is a fire that i would i would put out here um i'm, I'm kind of with you there i i think he is phenomenal for college football i mean he is he's got a cannon of an arm he's on an offense that is going to be built around him and his strengths. You know, I think say what you want about Hugh freeze, but I think he does a pretty good job building an offense. Uh, You know, he's got just an absolutely dynamic ability with his legs. Something like we haven't really seen since Lamar Jackson. And, you know, so, so he's going to put up some really nice numbers. I don't see it as a passer for him. I mean, he has that huge arm, you know, so, you know, he can make all of the throws that you're looking for, but, you know his mechanics not great. I don't think he has good accuracy overall. I mean, he's his general accuracy is okay, but you, I don't think I saw him set up his set his wide receivers up well one time when I watched him. I don't think he sets them up for success, which is something that you have to do at the next level. You have to be able to set up your wide receivers um, to to make plays. You can't just be generally accurate at the NFL level. So I don't understand where all of this first round love is coming from and I think this is a guy that when we look back you know in say February of next year I'll be sh- I'll be pretty surprised if anybody's talking about him as a first round guy. I think his he's just going to kind of get exposed the more that people watch him uh, on on tape and you know you hear all these interviews you know there was an article in the Athletic um, you know, where from the other day where they were talking about Malik Willis being the breakout guy, of the 2022 class. And they had quotes from all these different defensive coordinators who were saying that how much, how many, uh, you know, how bad it was to have to try to game plan for a guy like this, you know, which, like I said, goes to show you how dynamic of a college co- quarterback he is. I think he's, you know, I-, I think he's probably the most dynamic quarterback in the country. But that doesn't really equate to being an NFL talent, I think.
0: Yeah, rush three dummies. Jeez. <laughs> <not that dare. laughs> um, I So I'm, I I tweeted out the other day that I am doing this series this summer where I take a guy that I was previously not high on and I'm just going through everything. I'm rewatching like four games if I can um, and just going through all their metrics, trying to break down you know what the NFL wants at these positions now. Whether these guys fit and whether I'm overlooking some guys. Um, the tra- I mean, the train's probably already left the station on Malik Willis. You know, you're not going to go buy Malik Willis at, at a value, nope. especially after this past week or two. Um, but you know, looking at his rushing ability um, so far, as I've got the the mobility part of this article basically written already, um, his his last year compared to Lamar Jackson, very favorable. You know Lamar's three years in school, he rushed for 960, 1571, and 1,600 yards um, and on a lot more attempts than than uh, Mr. Willis had last year, but his averages were always high. They were basically six, uh, six yards a carry or higher. He scored a ton of touchdowns. Um, last year, Malik Willis ran 141 times for 944 yards and 14 touchdowns, 6.7 yards per carry. Um, which is right up there with Lamar's best year, that junior year where he won a Heisman. Obviously, the level of competition is not as high. And then I actually went and looked at just some other guys that we think of as rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. I looked at what their best rushing season was in college. Josh Allen, his best was actually not very good. Uh, 523 yards, 3.7 yards per carry, uh, seven touchdowns. Kyler Murray, uh, 1,000 yards, 7.2 average, 12 touchdowns. Jalen Hurts. Uh, 1300 yards about 5.6 a clip and 20 touchdowns so on a per touch basis uh, efficiency wise his his last year was about as good as any of these guys you know Kyler Murray's was was slightly better um but so that is the level of rusher he is and these guys have all been able to work in the NFL as rushers and definitely add something that way the problem with him is his passing and his actual if you just go and look at his passing stats they're not terrible. You know, he had, his A dots good. It's almost 12. It's just under that. Uh, His adjusted completion percentage is 73.6%. You know, it's, he's, he doesn't throw a lot of bad balls. He doesn't throw a ton of, um, uh, of contested catches. The one thing that he does do is turn it turnover worthy throws. And especially if you look at some of his games against, um, the higher level competition this year, you know, he, he did not perform that well in that area. Um, and that makes sense because if you watch him, there'll be a play, there'll be plays where for instance, you know, he'll, he'll take the snap he'll drop back. There's nothing there. You know, he'll work through, I don't even know if he's necessarily working through reads. He'll stare down, you know, the bright side of the field. I think they Liberty kind of splits the field in two, like a lot of these college offenses do to simplify things for the quarterback. So you don't have to scan, you know, one, two, three, four, across the field you kind of have your reads over on one side it, it'll look like there's nothing there for him he'll buy time really well you know he'll he'll stall he'll roll out of the pocket he'll get his shorter square and then he throws it back across the field in triple coverage he gets picked off or like it, it's a very dangerous throw so there there are things that he do, that he can do with his legs and with how big his arm is that are really awesome and then if you actually just sit down and watch this kid And not just a couple of plays on Twitter or just even one game. If you sit down and watch three or four games of this kid, I don't know how anybody could come away and say, I think he's a good passer. I just don't think he's a good passer. Now, I didn't think Jalen Hurts was a good passer either. And all of a sudden, he's starting in the NFL. I don't know what his lifespan will be in the NFL, but he's there. So is this a guy that you buy now at value, which is still pretty cheap in a startup, and then you try to sell him? You know, do you want to get caught holding that bag as we talk about all the time on this show? Probably not for me. So I'm putting this fire out. I can see, you know, the like if you squint and you're kind of just looking at the profile, you're like, yeah, this is a guy that I can really get behind. And then once you really dig in, in my opinion, there's no one that can walk away from this kid and say, I think he is a very he has a legitimate NFL quarterback.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there 100%. And, and as far as, you know, taking him now at relative value, yes, relative in a C2C, but I still think as this hype continues to build around him and, you know, as people keep touting him as this first-round quarterback, I I think that value, any value you're going to get is going to disappear. So, And, and I don't want to be left holding the bag as as great of a college producer as i think he's going to be and i think he could he's not going to win the heisman because he plays for liberty you know I, yeah, I'm they, sorry. Have, they have no
0: chance to go anywhere this year no I,
1: so i'm I'm sorry uh, malik willis for heisman guy on twitter um who you know was was in your mentions uh, he's more respectful than most people he like was know he, no, he have so he was he was very yeah. respectful uh, but I, I'm sorry, man. I, I like Malik Willis a lot, and he is probably going to put up a season that deserves to be a Heisman winner, but he'll never win it because he plays for Liberty. And exactly. Yeah. So but he, maybe he ends up being on the stage. I think they could give him an invite, just more out of a courtesy. Um, but it, he's not going to win it. He's not going to be an NFL quarterback. So I'm I'm not going to end up with him anywhere. I guarantee it.
0: And it's actually hilarious how consistent his ADP has been. So February, he was one, 102.6. March, he was 101.8. April, he was 102.8. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a one-point difference separating the three months. It's It's been hilariously close together. Now, I do think it'll probably go up a little bit this yes. month, um, which is fine. You know, push some more guys down toward me. I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, and the nice thing about ac 2 c if you're taking him even a little bit earlier than that, you're still going to get just bonkers production out of him this year, so that does at least lessen the sting a little bit. In that he's going to do something this year. You're not taking a um, like a Graham Mertz early who is not going to light it up at Wisconsin and is equally questionable to make it to the NFL. You know, we, we have a lot of questions about him. So I think at least at least Willis does have that working for him as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that. You know, if you're if you're the type who's going to take Malik Willis, you know, take Malik Willis and then just take other college producers, you know, and and just go after the go after your college side, you know, go get him, go get Sir Roger Thompson as well. You know, go get um, Jalen Cropper, you know, go get Jalen Tolbert, go get those guys, you know, who are going to put up some good production as well you know, get them late in the draft Prioritize If you're going to take Malik Willis, take those guys too and prioritize them over, you know, the, you know, prioritize them over Javon Baker uh, at Alabama, who questionable whether he's going to do anything, but if he does, he's a Bama wide receiver, you know, take him over Dante Thornton uh, at, at Oregon, you know, take those guys over some of these other guys who may have a little bit higher of an NFL ceiling, potentially, But like I said, if you're going to take Malik Willis, just push all your chips in on the college side as well at a certain point. Yeah, you got to lean into it at that point. Yes.
0: Um, So a couple of wide receivers here to discuss. Uh, Two freshmen actually here that had big spring games and have been on the tips of people's tongues here for the past (laughs) couple weeks now. Aguille Hall is number one here. Hall, uh, four-star wide receiver in this year's class, 6'3", 195. So he has that alpha profile went four for 72 in their spring game, took advantage of the absence of their other top freshman receivers that were all uh, not participating for various reasons. Uh, Hall's current ranks for us. So on the website here, we have amongst the C2C rankers, which these are freshly updated, hot off the press, go and get them. Rankings, if you guys haven't checked those out yet, he is currently the wide receiver sixteen. I don't know what Colin is doing because he has him at wide receiver 28 and that might be the dumbest <laughs> ranking on the entire page. He has an ADP is 64. Colin didn't know that I was about to say that. So he's sitting I here didn't. with this, this struggle. <laughs> <ice. laughs>
1: I'm sitting here with my feelings hurt. He's like, he's like, uh, uh what did you uh, just say? Uh, yeah. So he's wide receiver 16 for
0: us. And then his ADP is wide receiver 19 and his ADP is 64th overall. So his ADP is going a little lower and what we have him as consensus, Colin? Are we putting the flames out on this one at least for now?
1: Well, first, I want to defend myself having him ranked at wide receiver twenty-eight. No, no,
0: no, that wasn't part of the game.
1: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Alfred has him as wide receiver twenty-four. Felix has him as wide receiver twenty-three. Uh, Moxley has him as wide receiver twenty-three. So it's not like I'm drastically lower than him. You know, are any,
0: are any of them here right now?
1: They're not, no, but oh, I'm just, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> but if we're just, if we're going to play that game, you know, our rankings differ, it, it's, it's two people, you know, not a very big sample size. Uh, but no, as, as far as putting the fire out here, um, yes, but I'm going to put the fire out, uh, you know, uh, like, like the squirtles, like the squirtle squad. We're not going to be the blast toy squad here. Just, you know, hydro pump in this thing. It's going to be a little squirtle water gun, um, Because I like a Gay Hall. I do. But we do need to remember who was and wasn't playing in that spring game. We also need to remember that Jacori Brooks, you know, also an equally talented freshman there as well, who's probably going to be vying for that same exact role. Now, JoJo Earl, not on campus, didn't play, you know, but also a very different role. You know, but JaCori Brooks, that's going to be the same role. I mentioned Javon Baker earlier. Also vying for that same role. Um, Treshaun Holden, same role. Trayshawn Holden also had a good spring game as well. So yes, I'm gonna put the fire out a little bit, but I do still really like a GA Hall, so I'm not gonna fault anybody for taking him as the wide receiver 28 off the board. You know, that seems like a really good spot for him.
0: What about the wide receiver 19, which is where you have to take him if you want him?
1: <laughs> um Appar- apparently. <laughs>
0: that's not my that's that's what's <laughs> happening in these drafts.
1: Uh, that's probably richer than I will end up with, but I won't fault anybody for that. I think that that's, that's an acceptable spot. I think that's fine.
0: So I, I, I actually, so the what's going, what, what has me thinking this way is we have a guy in the Discord who I'm actually in a couple leagues with, a uh, great guy. Uh, his name is also Colin, but he has two L's, so he's superior um, to the guy we have on the show. <laughs> <laughs> me vehement, dumb
1: look. Vehemently disagree with that.
0: <laughs> oh man. Oh, um, the the thing, uh, we need to start doing these live again because <laughs> your face is kind of so good when I say this stuff. <laughs> oh man. Um, so he he was showing us he did his first C two C startup last year and man, we were all kind of you know sitting there talking about uh, just some some mega teams we've seen in, in leagues across the past couple years and he said well what do you guys think of this team that i did last year my first ever c2c startup here's the campus side and he hit the freshman hard the entire draft and because freshmen tend to get pushed down value-wise and these like we you know like we've talked about with Bijan or travion henderson you know the only thing suppressing some of these guys values coming into college is just that we haven't seen them touch a college football field you know beyond that we these guys are big they're athletes they're going to be in spots where they can probably produce either not right away the the second year so there, there are a lot of things i like about these guys and really the only thing is well i haven't seen this guy play yet which granted is you know fair but you know you can get some values that way and he he hit freshmen really hard and his team is freaking ridiculous he has like bijan jameer gibbs quentin johnson jordan addison um I think he has a couple of the, uh, like a couple of the younger, other wide receivers. Um, he, he, his squad is loaded. The, the, the NFL side of that league is going to be over for like a five year span in a couple of years. So, but, but it's making me think about this. And and to think that if, you know, if even we give a gay hall, you know, he's not going to play that much this year. Let's assume that for what we're talking about here, you know, they're, they're going to rock with some of the more veteran guys, obviously Mechie's going to be out there and then probably some combination of Xavier Williams, Jamison Williams, Javon Baker, Treshawn Holden, some of these guys, even if we assume that he doesn't really touch the field until next year, as soon as he gets on the field, do you think he's still going to be going as wide receiver 19 in these drafts? I think um, it's an, it's an automatic upshot in value that's, that's going to happen as soon as he touches the field and does anything. I I really, really do think that.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. I think that you'll look back. Uh, and probably think of wide receiver 19 as pretty good value at this time next year. Um, You know, same time at this time next year, you're also presumably going to lose uh, four of my top five, you know, Alave probably gone as well, potentially Drake London. So, you know, Justin Ross, those are all got John Mechie, all guys that I have ranked ahead of him that are probably gone. Um, So, You know, there's a couple other guys in there too. So that is going to clear some out. So I think he's going to go even higher than wide receiver 19 at this time next year, because I think he is going to get on the field a little bit, you know, after the spring showing, um, you know, Saban, I don't think is afraid to play the best players. Um, You know, he's not really one. He used to kind of be one to defer towards seniors, but I think at this point, you know, He's probably, you know, he's going to play his best guys. And, you know, I think that Aguille Hall could definitely be that guy. I think he's going to get some run this year. He's going to have a game where he flashes, you know, four for 72 and two touchdowns or, you know, even like eight for a hundred and a touchdown. I think he's going to have a game like that this year. That's going to keep his value insulated. So if you take him wide receiver, right? 19 right now, I don't think he's going to lose value. Going into next year, also looking at Alabama's wide receiver recruiting class for next year, they don't really have any of the top guys. Yeah, so, well, and um, Ohio State have all of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that could change. It could, but because Alabama, it's Alabama. They could get probably you know who they want for the most part. Um, but it does. So it doesn't seem like they're going after these top wide receivers that hard. And I'm assuming that's because they're very comfortable with the guys that they have there now that they're bringing in. So I don't think he's going to get recruited over. I think, like I said, you know, wide receiver 19 right now, probably going to look like a bargain next year. So go for it. I just probably am not going to end up with very many shares of him it's because there's other guys I'm a little bit higher on.
0: Yeah. So just to answer the question, I am not putting the fire out. And actually, I'm a really shitty fireman because I am throwing some logs into the fire. <laughs> Um, on to the next guy we have here. Like I said, another freshman wide receiver, and that is Mario Williams from Oklahoma. He is five nine, one seventy eight. He did the uh, magic shrinking trick. He was listed at five eleven on twenty four seven. So that that is actually a <laughs> bit of a bummer about him. I thought he was closer to six feet. Um, but he is another guy spring star on a team with an explosive offense and some room at the outside wide receiver positions. You know, they're not as deep as, as we thought maybe they'd be because uh, Mims looks like he's probably going to be in the slot. And then Wieson and, and Hasselwood have really not lived up to expectations. Trajan bridges is now gone and will never play for Oklahoma again. And to be honest, I would be shocked if he was playing division one football again. Um, we probably should have put that in the news section. It's fine. Um <laughs> As I think about this, whoops, well, you wrote um, an
1: article about it. So
0: yes I, wrote, I just wrote an, yes, I wrote an article about Trajan Bridges and Seth McGowan and how you shouldn't draft them. Don't do it. But if, if you want to read the article, go to the website I posted yesterday. Um, they pissed the the guy. Uh, so <laughs> beyond that, so Williams went five for 84 in the spring game, his current ranks you know, on our website. He's probably too low. His wide receiver 72 and his ADP. He's coming in at wide receiver 44 and the 126th overall player. So he's going way higher than we have him collectively in our rankings. Colin, is this a guy uh, that you're putting out the fire?
1: No, not at all. Um, I'm going to be a shitty fireman here, too. I'm probably going to throw some gasoline on this one. Whoa, okay. Um, I The reason he's ranked so low on our site, uh, I'm going to call you out this time. You have him ranked wide receiver 80. Mm-hmm. So I think that's you know that's dragging the ranking down. Matt has him at 101. That's dragging him down. Felix hasn't been able to stop talking about this guy, but he doesn't have him ranked yet. I think that's going to bring him back up. So I think his ADP come our next update uh, is you know once like I said once Felix gets his in there, once you and Matt you know figure out what you're doing and get them get him bumped up. I think he's going to be up closer to wide receiver. 55 ranked for us which is still behind where his adp is but i would absolutely take him where that adp is uh at, at 44. um i think he's you know yes it was definitely disappointing to see him um you know measured at 5 8 because you're not exaggerating 5 8. you're not you know you're not going to put somebody at 5 8 on the depth chart uh, unless they're 5 8 or shorter and Rondale, I don't, yeah. Single solitary here <laughs> rolls
0: down my cheek.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, he's not definitely not any taller than five eight, which which hurts. But we did just see Rondale go in the second round, so that doesn't and Tutu Atwell also in the second round, so it doesn't preclude you from getting good draft capital. And I think he's going to be good enough at Oklahoma. I think he's going to be good there for the next couple years. Uh, I think he's going to maintain that slot role because as I was looking through, I haven't really dived that deep into the 2022 class that's coming in um, of wide receivers, but I didn't see anybody that fits his profile that was going to Oklahoma on first glance. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I think he's going to be able to maintain that slot role. I don't see him losing that. So he's going to maintain that for probably three years, then go off into the NFL. You know, wide receiver 44 is, is... but we're probably going to end up looking like a bargain.
0: No, I agree with everything you just said. In fact, so much that I'm not going to really add anything to that conversation. Um, So I I, I will, um, I'll help you throw some gasoline on there. Um, I'm probably not as, I'm probably still not going to be as high on him. The size is a little concerning. I mean, again, I'm talking out of one side of my mouth here and, you know, cause I was a big Rondell guy, but I think first, even if you're smaller, you know, I have to, I have to see it a little bit before I'm going to believe in it You know, right off the bat, um, and he is another guy where I think he's, he's quicker than he is fast, which I'd, I'd like to see a little more long speed if we're going to be that small, but I mean, we'll see, we'll see what he does with uh, his ability here over the next couple of years. So last guy here tonight is Theo Johnson and Johnson has been, um, kind of lurking in the shadows is, is like a hot name here. I, I've seen this, some buzz on Twitter, but nothing, uh, you know, totally in your face. He, uh, this offseason reportedly, well, not reportedly, I'm pretty sure he took a picture and posted it on social media, that he broke, uh, what, Mike um, a 40 time for a tight end at Penn State. You know, Penn State has the legendary uh, strength and conditioning program there. They have just some crazy athletes that come through there over the past couple of years at, at every position and certainly a tight end. Where Pat Fryermuth is like the grandpa, you know, athlete <laughs> of the group. And he's not a bad athlete by any stretch of the imagination. But by comparing him to some of these guys that they've produced over the past couple of years, you know, it's it, he's he's way off. And Johnson ran what I think it's a 4, 5, 140 this offseason. And he's a big boy. You know, he's what six five um two fifty. Is that what he looks at?
1: Six six two fifty-three.
0: Six, six, 253. Okay, so I was underselling him a little bit. Yeah, he he's big. He was a top recruit last year, one of the top tight ends in the class. Uh, and that tight end job is probably his now, you know, between him and what Brenton strange are probably the two guys who are going to compete for that. Uh, Johnson has the better pedigree. So you figure he's probably gonna get some playing time there. Or is this a fire that we, we are fanning the flames here? Yes. You're a Penn state fan. This was stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, I'm, I'm absolutely still fanning the flames here on this fire. I mean, You know, like he has the prototypical size there for a tight end, 6'6, 253. That's exactly what you're looking for. He can play in line. You know, he also just showed the athleticism that you want to see from a tight end there, too. So I think he can, you know, move around all over the place. Um, You know, like you said, um, Pat Fryermuth is gone. You know, I do think I will caution everybody and I will say that. I do think this is going to be a split role. I think Brenton Strange is not going anywhere. Brenton Strange is going to get plenty of time as well. Uh, I think they're both, you know, they may even run a fair amount of two tight end sets, um, just given their personnel that they have. Um, You know, because they can, I I do think they can flex Theo Johnson out wide. um, And I think that's going to create all sorts of nightmares for linebackers that are trying to cover him with his speed, his athleticism. You know, I think that's, He's, you know, also, uh, you know, his vert at the opening, the 35 inch vert, you know, so very good athlete overall. And also interesting fact there, 10 and two, 10 and a quarter inch hands. So big mitts too, but overall, like I was saying, you know, he's a guy who I am definitely targeting. He fits everything I look for in a tight end. But I the only thing I'm going to caution is like I said, I think he's going to split some time this year. So he's not going to put up these gaudy numbers. Not the tight ends typically do, but I don't think he's going to put up any gaudy numbers. Uh, I think his production is going to be pretty average as far as a tight end goes, and, and maybe even below average for the recent tight end uh that Penn tight ends that Penn State has had. But uh still rocket ship emoji for me. Um I'm all over Theo Johnson here. Muted.
0: Um, yeah, I mostly agree. Um, th- there's not a lot to really add to that because I, I do think it's cautionary. You know, I don't think Penn State is ever really going to, at least with their current offensive mindset, you, there's not going to be a mega producer or tight end, you know. As, and they have, you know, I don't love the other receivers there, but they do have some other mouths to feed. and Jahan Dodson, Parker Washington, you um, some rumors about who's going to be that third wide receiver this year. I don't know who it's going to be. Um, but but regardless, there are some and they don't they're not gonna pass the ball that much. That's the other thing, you know, with all these bodies there. So um you think they're going to use give a little head bump. I,
1: I will say I think they're gonna throw the ball more than they have in the past, just because they're bringing in Mike Yurchich as the new OC, and he's pretty much known for for spreading it out a little bit more than than what Penn State has in the past. So, I do think you're going to see more three wide receiver sets, or you're going to see some two tight end sets with Theo Johnson split out wide to create some mismatches. Um, I do think so. I think they're going to throw the ball a little bit more, but there's still not going to be this air raid offense that, you know, my, Mike, because Mike Yurchis's background, um, you know, he was at Texas for a year, uh, but then he's also, you know, at Oklahoma State with uh, Gundy you know, he's pretty much a Gundy protege. Um, Gundy picked him out of, um, pretty sure it was Shippensburg. It was, it was one of the small PSAC schools. Um, and I know, Austin I was going to say, I know, know you know what I mean by PSAC schools, Austin, those are like the D2 schools in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Shippensburg that he, that Gundy picked him out of. Um, but either way, like I said, he's pretty much a Gundy disciple, so he's going to air the ball out a little bit more.
0: Um, yeah, no, that's, that's that's good insight. And I don't think that Sean Clifford is going no. to um, be as bad this year as he was last year, actually. He
1: um, he can't be any worse.
0: <laughs> I, that's a good point. Um, but, yeah, I, I really don't think that he's – You know, I think he's going to rebound, and he's going to be like a sneaky end-of-roster type guy on campus side of things. No, I – I don't know if you ever feel great about starting him, but I think that he's going to be rostered in places uh, th- this year uh, based on some early play. Um, but I think that's the situation with that. So those are the four names that we discussed there. Um, so go buy or do not buy those guys that you're in peril. Last thing for tonight, we are back with freshman profiles. We have not done any in a few weeks here. Um, and shit, at some point here in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have to switch to 2022 guys because we're. We're through a large part of this, you know, and uh, it's on to the new, the newest, best
1: thing. So you're going to have to give me probably like a three to four week heads up on when we're going to switch to those because I've only probably watched maybe five guys at each position, excluding tight end. Um, You know, I really have not dug that deep into the 2022 class outside of surface level.
0: I'll let you have Ewers the first week and then, you know, nice. somebody else. Be, I'll, I'll let you have a couple of big names to start off with.
1: I'll take Ewers. I'll take Gunnar Stockton. I'll take Jaden Blue. Nope.
0: Nope. 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 Nope.
1: <laughs> All right. You can have Blue. I'll take Singleton. Uh, no. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: And we, we have been talking these 2022 guys in the Discord already. So just to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. a little self-promo there. Um, so on, on to freshman profile, Colin, you have a big name here tonight who we've talked about on the show, but we've never done in this segment before. So you cheated, but go ahead and talk about <laughs> JoJo Earl for
1: us. Well, thanks for ruining it. Um, yes, I do. JoJo Earl. Um, he, like I said, the past couple times we've tried to do these, uh, I tried to highlight guys who are more well-known. Um, you know, we, we went pretty under the radar early on. Um, so circling back around, we'll hit some of these bigger names and we'll hit Jojo Earl here. Um, obviously we touched on him even a little bit earlier in the show, you know, going to Bama, uh, he's listed a five, nine and a half, one seventy. uh, has not gotten onto campus yet for Bama. You know, he's finishing up his, uh, his, his high school season or his high school, you know, career, you know, he's graduating like a normal high school student. He didn't leave early or anything like that. Um. But you know he has the talent where he could potentially step in day one at Bama and he could earn a very significant role. He's the number six wide receiver in the class, high four-star guy. They don't have a 40-time listed for him on 24-7, but it's going to be fast, spoiler alert, when he gets that time. Um, you know His, his short shuttle, 4-2-8. He also is a 37-inch vert, uh, so high-level athlete. He's electric with the ball in his hands. You know, that athleticism shows up right away. You know, he breaks ankles, you know, routinely. He's a big-time yak threat. I mean, he is the ready-made replacement for Jalen Waddell, basically. You know, he's got very good long speed, like I said. So he breaks off some long TD runs when you see him on tape. But the thing that probably impressed me the most... Is well. I'll, this is the second most. I'll get to the thing that impressed me the most in a little bit. But he's a very good route runner. Um, I think he's very good in and out of his breaks. I think he uses fakes and double moves extremely effectively, especially given his speed and how dangerous he is. You know, he just seems to have that nuance down for when to use that fake. Um, he also has a fair variety of release moves off the line for a you know guy who's a high school s- senior, you know, you don't typically see that type of refinement. Um, and you know, he also, like I said, the, the, one of the things that impresses me the most there is his ability to high point the ball for his size. I think for a guy who's five, nine and a half, he's pretty physical at the catch point. You know, he can go up, he can get the ball. He like said, he's the 37 and a half introvert, uh, or 37 introvert definitely helps is, uh, you know, his ability to high point there. But like I said, I, I think he's more physical than given credit for, especially for 170 pounds, um, you know, and, and he shows the ability to extend and catch the ball away from his frame, which is something that I also look for in wide receivers. You know, I don't like to see guys body catch the ball. You know, I want to see you go attack it. And, and he does that. Um, he's also very high end producer at a high level in uh, Texas. Um, you know, he three years in a row, he had a thousand yards receiving his 2019. He had 1600 yards receiving 84 catches and 15 touchdowns. Uh, then he added on 429 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. Uh, you know, this past year, a little bit of a drop in receiving production, 61 for a thousand and seven yards and eight touchdowns with 591 yards and 12 touchdowns on the ground. So they were using this guy all over the place. Uh, it was a pretty big, um, pretty big coup for Bama to get him away from LSU. But I love the landing spot there in Alabama. And I have Jojo Earl ranked uh, very highly. He's I had pulled it away, but let me pull it back up here. I have Jojo Earl as my wide receiver 19. Um, I actually even have him ranked just ahead of John Mechie on his own team. So I'm very high on Jojo Earl. I'm, I'm trying to get him in a, in a number of places.
0: He's, he is a hard one to get this offseason. He always seems to fall in the range where I'm just not, I'm not sitting, um, which makes it a bummer. Um, Cause I do think he's going to be really, really good for them. Um, do you think, and this is not necessarily, I mean, do you think Earl and Leary can both coexist there? Or do you think it's going to have to be one or the other, and one of them's going to have to leave.
1: I think it's probably going to have to be one or the other. I'm not going to rule anything out because I think that Saban is smart enough to, you you don't see too many high-end guys transfer out of Bama. You know, it doesn't really happen that often, you know, at any position really, you know, so I don't think he's going to lose both of those guys. I think he's going to do his best to use them. And while it's a different offensive coordinator, you know, Sark versus B.O.B., you know, we saw Alabama. Oh, great use, rapper. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> we saw um, we, we saw Alabama use four wide receivers effectively before when they had Judy Waddle, Smith, and Rugs. So you know, and they have Ruggs and Waddle, who are both more the speed guys. So you could potentially see, I could potentially see both of them being productive at Bama but I'm not willing to bet on it. And that's why I do have Leary lower in my rankings than most, because I think he'll be the odd man out.
0: Yeah. Um, I- I'm giving it a try now where I'm not bumping guys too much for crowded depth charts because they can, if I like them because they can go elsewhere, you know, it's, it's Mookie Cooper all over again here where he's mm, true found, found a home year two, And is, is he a year behind development? I got to, you got to work at Ohio state for a year and he's going to be a starter. I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I guess we probably need a few more years of data before we, we think about that either way. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I, I really like Earl as well. The guy I chose here tonight is a guy that I was talking about here before the show with Colin that I'm really, really going gonna to regret talking about. <laughs> him tonight. I, I 100% know this is going to cost me him in at least one league, and it's going to make me very, very sad. Um, but I have to do it, you know, for you know. For, for the, the people. The, for the people, exactly. I am a man of the people as is often said. Um, so I chose Michael Jackson, the third wide receiver from USC. Not that Michael Jackson, different Michael
1: Jackson. <laughs> he, he.
0: <Yes. laughs> this should have reached a new low. Are you going to cut that one too? Nope. <laughs> nope, not cutting that. Oh, man. So, so Jackson was a three-star wide receiver in this year's class, number 59 overall. He is six foot two hundred, so he has a really nice size. And in their spring game, he went 3 and 2 one and he was running with the Slovis squad uh, for a while. It sounds like he really made an impression on the coaching staff there during spring season. Really took advantage of no Taj Washington. I believe Gary Bryant was a little dinged up this spring season, didn't play in all the practices. Uh, Kyle Ford still coming back from his uh, second consecutive knee injury. So, and Kyron Ware Hudson, who I believe was uh, played high school football this spring. You know, he didn't come in right away. He's the higher rank of the two guys, but Jackson came in and practiced and looked really good. And I think he's above a bunch of those guys in the depth chart now. I just think that's, it sounds like he might be above Brew McCoy on the depth chart. To be completely honest, that's a whole another discussion for a whole other day. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, he, he's really, really impressed the staff there. Beyond that, um, you know, he—if you go watch some of his high school stuff—because we don't, have, we have a spring game to watch. Uh, very explosive off the line, which is something I really like to see. You know, guys that just have that burst, that athletic ability to just break off the line as soon as the ball is snapped and, and create some early separation, get on top of a corner. That way he does that. He is really elusive in the open field. Um, Similar on a similar kind of way to how Destin Hill is, which is what one of the things I really liked about him. They, they understand when to be physical in the open field and when they can juke somebody out. I think that's a very valuable, mature Skill—it's kind of how you can tell that the game maybe is slowed down for them quicker than maybe it has for somebody else. And I think he—he he does that very, very well. He plays with a lot of swag. I think you almost need that at the wide receiver position. You know, it, there are not a lot of um, you know quiet, subdued uh, guys at that position in, in college or the NFL that are doing a lot of big things. It just kind of comes with the territory. And he also can do some special team stuff. You know, returned uh, some punts and kicks in high school and, and was pretty good at that. So I think he can offer all of that to USC. They run a ton of three, four wide receiver sets with Graham Harrell there, uh, who runs he's a, a Mike Leach disciple, so to speak. Um, but his, uh, his scheme is even more bland than Mike Leach's. It really, really hurts to watch. <laughs> Things he needs to work on. And again, you know, he might have gone in there this spring and it might be different because it's almost things like he was just kind of bored with high school football. I mean, there was a lot of times where he wouldn't work back to the ball as hard as I would want a wide receiver to. Um, but again, I think it, it was on kind of plays where, you know, he, it was like a, a little bubble screen and he would just kind of like, you know, Meh, come back to it, let it get to him, and then just, you know, beat like seven guys um because that's what he could do so he's, he's not gonna be able to do that in college but it sounds like you know if he's impressing the staff there he's probably not doing that and then there just isn't a lot of um uh, tape of him against man coverage you know a lot of him just kind of running free into open space on deeper concepts um so it, it's yet to be determined if he can do those things but like i said it, it sounds like he's uh getting a lot of hype there we i've done a freshman draft and am about 20 rounds into a startup here so far this off season, he has not been drafted in any of them so far. Now I'm gonna to have to go get him next round here, or risk losing him in the draft. And now, but I mean, he he is very very low cost for an offense that we think is going to be very good. Um, and uh, so I and you know start going into USC, starting as a freshman or contributing heavily as a freshman will certainly look good on a
1: resume in three to four years' time. So I go buy
0: Michael Jackson at third, except for if you're in one of my leagues, and keep your dirty hands off. Uh,
1: only thing I'll say, I agree with 99% of what you said. Uh, the only thing I'll, I'll disagree with there is apparently showing out early for as a freshman for USC does not mean as much as it used to. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Poor guy. I'm sorry, uh, but yeah, Colin, you're still <laughs> upset about that i am i am yeah um but no i i agree with everything you said there I, and i was um like you said he he was not taken in our freshman draft um and i am I, i'm anticipating a waiver wire fight for him i also dwight if you're listening to this keep your hands off of him you keep your hands <laughs> off of him <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I'm I'm saying this specifically to Dwight because he snagged a couple other guys that I was looking for in the uh, in the, in the freshman auction there, just because he had a a big purse to throw around. Because so he inherited
0: popular, but not too popular. There's got to be where I can still get my guys. No <laughs> one touches them, and people are still listening. Uh, yeah, that's the sorry. sweet spot. Yeah, we're we're yet to find it. Um, so that is our show for tonight guys. Uh, just the you know, housekeeping rate and review the show. If you haven't done that yet, we still haven't determined what our next Jersey giveaway is going to be um, or what threshold we're going to hit it at. Um, so that, but we'll probably decide that
1: in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to throw out there to um, Kevin and I don't know his last name. Um, he's the one from the UK. He's in our Discord, very active in there. One from the UK. Um, so, and I, and he, I know he listens. So, I'm sorry, Kevin. I, I'm sorry, I don't know your last name. Uh, but he actually just brought to my attention that you can rate and review pods on Podbean. Um, he sent us a review on that. Um, you know, so big shout out to Kevin. Definitely appreciate that. I didn't even know you could re- rate and review on there. We're definitely getting you, Kevin. You we're getting you added to the list for the next one uh, for the next jersey giveaway here, but good news for everybody who's not a iPhone user or Apple user like I am, Uh, you know, you can, we can go rate and review on Podbean. So I'm going to start using that a little bit more. Um, But I just wanted to mention that now.
0: Cool. So yeah, so you heard the man. Um, Now you have no excuse for not rating and reviewing. (laughs) You have to do it now. Um, It just helps us, you know, uh, get our names out there more, guys. So we do appreciate it. Um, if you are not checking out the site or some of the other shows that we have over there, please go ahead and do that. And Alfred's Why Wait Till Sunday, the Debbie Debate, um, and Dwight's Debbie Manual, which again is not part of the uh, family of pause over there, but still a great show and worth listening to. Um, check out our written content over there as well. We have a lot of cool stuff going on in the background. The ADP tool has been updated. You know, the rankings, like I said, we just updated all of those. So you can go check those out as draft season is picking up steam we have a lot of cool stuff planned for when fan finally decides to get its uh, act together so a lot of cool stuff coming up um but beyond that thank you guys again for joining us here tonight as always i am austin and this is colin enjoy your week guys